and we're going to jump into God's Word. Now, some of you are saying, well, this is weird because he's sitting down and he has a lantern. I know. The over and under is how many times I come off this stool. You know, sometimes I just want to change things up a little bit and just kind of, we're going to dive into God's word today. We're going to look at some different scriptures and we're going to take the Lord's Supper. So I'm, I'm, I'm reaching, I'm heading toward the Lord's Supper for all of us as a church in just a moment. And what I want to do today is just kind of sit in his presence a little bit. Today I want us to just kind of relax in his presence a little bit. I'm not here to preach you to sleep. But I, but I want you to focus in. I want you to listen. And I want you to take some things at heart as we lead up to what these tables represent. What the body means, the blood means, all that as we kind of lead into that in just a moment. We're going to continue to worship here in just a little bit too. So I want to do this. I, I want to talk about, you know, when we get these opportunities uh, as a campus pastor to speak to the campus that you're pastoring. It's just when, when, they're, when they're standalone messages. A lot of times, you know, Pastor Key will say, hey, we'll preach this because this is part of our series. And that's it. I stay in the series and we stay in the word and we stay in the scripture and we stay in those things. But when I get an opportunity to speak to the campus on a not a series type thing, what's great about it is I get to share from my heart what I want to see our campus be. What I want to see the, the, the campus look like. What I want to see as the people, and I don't, when I say campus, I mean the people of this church. The body of this church, not the building, because the church is not the building. The church is this body of believers who've said, I'm all in on this. I'm with you. And what that looks like for us, you know, not just on Sunday mornings or, or if you come on Wednesday night, but what does that look like for us in our daily lives, our daily walk, our daily, you know, routine? How does that look for us as believers, as Christians, as, as part of the church here in South Austin, Bannockburn? And I want to share a couple things that I left off a couple weeks ago or several weeks ago when I preached. It was a standalone. And I talked about inviting. I talked about what it looks like to invite. And I left off with the scripture that I want to start with today. I'm going to go back to this scripture. Because today I want to talk about more on what it means to be a light. That's why I have this little lantern here today. And I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit about this lantern here in a minute and how the light kind of goes ups and down and how the, what the oil represents and what the wick represents. I'm going to give a little illustration here in a second on that. But for us, this is the key target that I want you to hear today is I want, and not only just for us, of course, but all believers need to be, understand this. But for us, I want us to see this today before we open the tables is that God wants us to be a light. So maybe you're saying, well, I don't know if I can invite. I don't know. If, okay, that's fine. But if you can be a light in somebody's life, they're going to be able to see the Jesus that's in your life, in your life. And we're supposed to be bright. So I want to share this with you. And I left off with this scripture. I shared this scripture right here at the end of that service. And I got through it and we kind of finished up. But I want to open with it today. It's out of the message, and it's, and it's in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. And you can read this with me. It'll be up on your screens, but you can look at it if you would like. But it's also on there. But just stay with me. It says, here's another way to put it. And this is out of the message version here. You are here to be, everybody say a light. 
I know it's Labor Day. I know we're missing a few uh, of our loud people. Uh, so I'm going to need you to fill in, okay? So I'm going to say it again. It says, here's another way to put it. If you're here, you, we, you're here to be a? Oh, isn't that beautiful? Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. This is why we do our baptisms the way we do our baptisms. Why? It's a public confession. It is a public thing saying, hey, listen, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I believe that God loved me so much that he sent his son down to die on the cross for me. It doesn't matter what I've done, where I've been, where my background looks like, my past looks like, that Jesus Christ loves me for who I am, who he's created me to be, and that I give my life to him and let him take over that life. It's a, it's, we do not keep that secret. Too many people talk about, well, it's, God's just personal to me. And that's great. He is personal to you. And it should be a personal thing to you. But if we all kept it personal and didn't shine our light, well, people aren't going to know about him, are they? He wants to use us. God is not a secret to be kept. I love how this version puts it. It says, we're going public with this. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, I make you light bearers, and that's what we are when the Holy Spirit comes in our life, we become light bearers. That means that we now have a light that shines out of us as believers, as Christians, as ones who follow the Lord. We are light bearers. That means when people come in contact with us, I mean, for me in my life, when I walk into a building, when I walk into a place, I get it. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of out there. I'm a little, whatever. But man, when I walk into a place and I meet somebody, I want that person to go, either something really wrong with that dude or he got something that I want. I've literally had someone tell me one time because I was having so much fun and living in the light and loving the light and being the light as best as I possibly could. Doesn't mean I don't have bad days because I have bad days. Ask my wife. I literally had someone look at me one time and say, bruh, what are you on? Like, what, where do I get that? Because I want that. Is it, I mean, I'll, whatever it costs, man, give me that pill you're on. I had someone tell me that. And you know what I sold them? Not a pill. But I sold them the hope of Jesus. I sold them, and guess what? It was for free because it's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. And so I was able to share with this guy who asked me that, and he goes, oh, okay, I thought maybe I could just take a pill and move on. I was like, no, no, it's a lot more than that, buddy. He says, listen, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I have put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Now that you're in there, now that I've put you where I want you, now that I've given you this light, now that you have this light, now that you understand this light, now that you know this light, now that you are this light, then shine. Boy, he wants us to shine. I love how it says this. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. 
you're prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Are y'all feeling that? Are you seeing that? If we are shining and that light is coming through us and that light is moving in us, and it's going to prompt people to open up their hearts. Are you seeing that part? It's going to prompt people to open their hearts up to who God is, up to the Spirit and who Jesus is and how He rescues and how He saves. That's going to pull out of us into them. Isn't that amazing? But we can't do it alone. See, I have this lantern here, and I think it's really kind of cool how a lantern works. You can kind of go up for a bigger flame. You go down for a smaller flame. And, and I, I want to give you this little key note here. See, it, it's got a wick, and what it does here, the fire is in there, and the wick is in the oil. And it was kind of funny how when we got this thing, and I, I kind of put it together and was putting the oil in it, um, it said on the instructions, it actually said, soak the wick for an hour. Soak it. Emerge the wick for an hour before you do it. Well, I didn't see that part, and I just stuck it in there, poured the oil in, stuck it in there, and I lit it. What do you think it did? It burned out. It, wouldn't, it actually didn't have a flame. It just kind of sat there and sizzled and burned the, the paper and burned the wick and stopped. Because of why? I didn't soak it. Because here's what this represents, if you haven't seen this yet, if you haven't got this yet, we're the wick. You see this oil right here? This oil right here is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And if we soak our lives in this Holy Spirit, guess what's going to happen? We're going to shine. It's going to be bright. It's going to have a bright light. And we could go up and down with that light. But the more that we're soaked in here, because what happens is if we try to just light the wick without the oil, we're going to burn out. See, for many of you, and many of you do in this church serve, but if you're saying, hey, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and I'm going to serve, and I'm going to do, and I'm going to do, and I'm going to do, and I keep on doing and doing and doing and doing, and you're not in the oil, which is the Holy Spirit, guess what's going to happen? You will burn out. We cannot serve, we cannot do these things without the Holy Spirit in our lives. Anybody feeling me on this one? So if you burn the wick with no oil, we're going to burn out. If you burn the oil with no wick, it's going to smoke out. You got to have the wick in the oil. It can't just be there by itself. It'll just smoke out. But listen to this. If you burn the wick saturated by the oil, we will drive the dark out. Thank you. That guy got it. I'm going to say it again just in case you missed it because it sounded like you missed it. Y'all just like, huh. If we burn the wick saturated in the oil, which is the Holy Spirit, we're going to drive the dark out. That's what life does. Okay, thank you. That's what light does. All right? So stay with me. The light drives the dark out. All right? Um, and we have to let ourselves soak in the Holy Spirit. We have to let ourselves soak in the Holy Spirit and who Jesus is. He is the light giver. He is the giver of light. Jesus is the only way. He's the giver. And Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, allows this light to be sustained. That's what we have. That's what we need. That's who we should be as a church. Bannockburn Church is the light bearers in this community in this place he's the light he said he's the light 
Look at John chapter 8, verses 12. Jesus said this. He was speaking to the people in the temple. And they used to light the temple with, with a menorah, which has got the, you know, the big light in there. It was the only light actually in there. So just imagine this. He's probably standing in front of a light. That's how I see this. I don't know if that's true. But there's guarantee you when he's speaking, there's got to be a light somewhere. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said, I am the light of the world. Listen to this. This is Jesus. This is who we follow. This is who we love. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, not if you just believe in me, not if you say all the right God things, not if you just kind of, you know, oh, I read my Bible, I do this, I do that. No, no, no. There's a difference between knowing about God and actually knowing God. There is a difference between actually saying, I know about him. This was Mary's story a moment ago. I know about him and I follow him. Following is what changes your life. Following Jesus is what's going to take place in your life that's going to cause you to see others come to know Jesus because you're bearing a light. Because if you bury a light, you, by just about knowing about him, okay, you might have a little flicker. But let me tell you, when you, oh, I told you, I'm going to stay down. But when you follow the Lord, ooh, that light will shine. That light will be bright. And I promise you this, it will catch others. Because when you're on fire, what's fire do? Fire brings light. So if you're on fire for the Lord, do you not think that fire that's in you won't catch the guy you're with? that won't catch the guy on fire that you're with, that won't stop the, start the guy on fire that you're around, I promise you, fire will do that. So Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you ha won't have to walk in, everybody say darkness. You will not have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And that's eternal life. That's not just a happy-go-lucky life on earth because just because you follow Jesus does not make your problems go away. It just makes you now have someone that you can have hope in and trust in and help in when you do have your problems. Problems are still there. But boy, I tell you what, when you have Jesus in your life and he is in control of your life and you're following him and he's the light of your life, you know what happens when we do go through those storms? Those storms become easier. And if you've ever been in the eye of a storm, the storm could be raging all around you, but you're sitting in the eye of the storm. What's happening? It's calm. And when you follow Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, and the storm can be all around you, but your heart is calm because you have the light in you, which is Jesus. Here's what light does. Let me give you a couple things. Light defeats death. We believe that light will defeat death. And what I mean uh, by this death is, I'm not talking about you'll never die. I'm talking about you will never die uh, because you have a spiritual walk with God. Our bodies may die, but our spirits go on to heaven. It beats that death, what the Bible calls the second death, complete separation from God forever. Light beats death. This is why we do the activities we do. This is why we have block party coming up. This is why we have, just throw the image up there, Kat. This is why we have this coming up for our teenagers. We have a dodgeball tournament. We're giving $500 away. We're asking, I mean, you know, we wish we could give more. 
but, 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 but this is what we have, and we want to invite every teenager in our community to come out, throw some dodgeballs at each other, and have a good time. But you know what's going to happen, just like the other night when we had our other deal? Uh, we're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to share the light of Jesus Christ. And we're going to pray that teenagers will only come, they will come to this campus for $500 and a chance to throw a dodgeball, but they will get something even better. And that's Jesus. They will get something incredible. And that's Jesus. They will get something called the light. And their day when it's in and the curtains closes and they're done and it's over for them, they will spend eternity in heaven because we had a simple little dodgeball tournament. That's what we're doing. Because why? We believe the light defeats death. The Word gave life to everything that was created. Who's the Word? Jesus is the Word. And John, he says, the Word became what? Flesh. So the Word is Jesus, the Word is God, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought what? Light to who? Everybody. Everybody. So light defeats death. Here's what light also does. does. Light conquers darkness. Light conquers darkness. It punches holes in darkness. When you turn off all the lights, it becomes, and, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those things where uh, uh, the caves, if you've ever gone to one in Georgetown, they have that, you know, the, I don't know, interspace caverns, I think it's what it's called, and they'll take you down in there, and they get you to a spot, and they show you these little see-through crickets, and they, I mean, it's, it's bizarre down up in there. You're just thinking, I'm just waiting for some little thing to come out, the, you know, the crevices, going, you know, it's just pretty wild. And they have it pretty lit up down there, but they get you to this spot and they have everybody stand in like a circle and then they turn off the lights. Who've experienced this? They turn the lights off and it goes completely, I, you've never experienced darkness like this. I mean, you've, I've never in my life experienced this where you're putting your hands in front of your face. You're kind of going, I don't even, I, I'm touching my eyeball just to see if I can see it. I mean, it's crazy how dark it is in there not a light in there. It's wild. And then all of a sudden they say, take out your cell phone or they take out whatever and turn something on and it just all of a sudden just illuminates and just punches through the darkness. That's what light does. And we have a dark world. We live in a dark world. But so amazing about this is that light actually conquers darkness. And I don't mean physical darkness. I mean the darkness of the enemy in this world. Because the enemy came to kill, steal, and what? Destroy. He's going to try to bring darkness to your life. But, but through the light giver and through Jesus, we can punch through that. Look what Martin Luther King said. And I love this little quote here that he uh, kind of said on this one. It says, darkness cannot drive out what? Darkness. Can't do it. Only what can do that? Light can do that. Also, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And Jesus is love. He's the light, he is the love, and he drives out the darkness. So light, it defeats death. Light, it conquers darkness. The light shines in the darkness, it says in John 1.5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Never. 
because it shines so bright. So light defeats death. Light conquers darkness. Let me give you this. Here's what also light does. Light provides direction. Light gives us direction. Light shows us where the path is. Imagine this. Imagine if you were in the woods. Imagine if you got lost in the woods. Imagine if you're out there and you have no cell phone, you have no flashlight, you have no kind of light. The clouds are over the moon. The clouds are over the stars. And you're in the woods and you're wandering around in the woods. And you're trying to figure out where you're going. You're trying to figure out how to get there. And you start to get a little bit lost because why? You're in the darkness. You're lost. You don't know where you're going. You're lost. And you're sitting in this place and you're looking around going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't know how to get back. I don't know how to get back to the road or back to the house or back to where you're supposed to go and in the distance you, you see a guy with a flashlight walking towards you okay this is not a horror movie so I know a lot of you just went okay I would run no 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 because some of you are thinking does he have a chainsaw and a flashlight or is it just a flashlight it's not what I mean but you see now there is somebody there you see now that there's somebody coming and he comes to you and you meet him and he says hey listen I can show you the way I can show you the path. I can show you how to get out of here. Why? Because I have the light. Most of us, many of us, probably all of us in this room would say, yes, I'm going to follow you out of here. But sadly in this world, there are too many people who meet the one who has the light and they still wander in the darkness. They still wander in the darkness looking for hope looking for light looking for it and it was right there saying come on follow me I'm here he is light and of course that man with the flashlight just so for some of us that was Jesus he comes to us in the darkness and says come on I'll show you the path just follow me and too many times we don't follow we wander in the darkness Light provides direction. So what then does the light bring to us? Before I open the tables, and we're about to go here very quickly, so I'm about to open these tables. I'm going to give you some direction, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together, but we're going to open some tables and let you do some examination time and some prayer time and things like that before we do this. But I'll give you this last part. What does the light of Jesus bring? What does it bring to us? We know he's the light. He is the light. But what does it bring? Let me give you this one. First, the light of Jesus brings hope to the hopeless. Jesus' light brings hope to the hopeless. And this is so important to me and why I wrote this down. Because I lived in hopelessness in my life. I lived in hopelessness in a sense of where my father was this alcoholic drug addict. Uh, he, he was beating on us. He was leaving me in bars. I mean, just name after thing. I mean, just, just darkness after darkness. I was heading in that direction, direction with no hope. I had no hope, and I was heading in the direction of becoming a product of my environment and becoming my father and turning out like him and going to jail, becoming the same thing he became, and end up also dying just like he did. He died. Alcohol and drugs killed my dad. And I was in this hopeless state until I met the light. 
man, that light came into me. I saw the light for the first time. I felt the light for the first time. And one of the greatest stories of my life, and I got a thousand different stories of what's happened to my life and what's happened to others' lives, but the greatest story of my life is the day that I found the light of Jesus and how it changed me. It wasn't just some kind of thing that happened. No, it changed the way I thought. It changed the way I acted. It changed the way I began to worship. It changed the way I treated people. It changed me because that's what the light does. The light changes us in such a way that's powerful. The light changes. In John chapter 12, 46, says, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. It's about you putting your trust in him and not remaining in the dark anymore. It's about you coming to a place in your life to say, I don't care about where I'm at right now, what my past looks like, my background looks like, but I need to follow Jesus and put my trust in him and no longer stay in the dark. That's what Jesus does. And you know what the good news is? The good news, regardless of how bad things may seem, regardless of how bad you think your life was. Doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because the good thing is, there's always hope. And Jesus forgives. He gives us light. The light brings hope to the hopeless. The last one before we talk about the tables. The light shows us how we are to shine into the darkness. The light shows us how we are to shine light into the darkness. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit, when you become saved, when you have a relationship with the Lord, when that moment where you say, hey, Lord, I believe and I trust and I follow you, is the day then the Holy Spirit then comes and sets in you and leads you and guides you and directs you and gives you all the things that you need. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the incredible gift that we get by following Jesus is we get this Holy Spirit in us. And it helps us. But too many times we let other things get in the way of that and we can silence the spirit sometimes pretty easily. We can quench the fire and the light pretty easily with sin, yes? Absolutely. That light shows us how to shine in the darkness. For once you were full of darkness, it says in Ephesians, once you were full of darkness, now you have the light. Now you have it. This is talking about the one who once was lost. They were living in the darkness. They were living without Jesus. They didn't have him in his life. And then all of a sudden, now they have Jesus. They've accepted the Lord. They know him. They've, been, they, they, they've asked him to come into their life, forgive them of their sins. He's talking to that guy now. For once you were the darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. Now you have the light. And so look what it says here in Ephesians. It says, so now go live as people of light. So he gives us instructions here that if you are saved in this room, you do have a relationship within, with Jesus in this room. If you're following Jesus in this room, what does it say? It says we have the light, now go live and be the light. I didn't, I didn't write that. That's not made up by me. That came from the Word of God. And we need to take that to heart. I, I, this is the word that I have for our church. And here's what I want us to, our church to be. I want our South Austin church that I love dearly. 
I love this church, and I love being a part of this church. I thank God almost on a daily basis for, for moving me into this place and meeting the people of this church and being able to see how many baptisms have we seen, how many salvations have we seen, how many God good, odd God things that we've seen from our block parties to our fun. I mean, I love this place. But I want our church to even go, and I, but here's the deal, what you'll notice with me when you get to know me and if you live in my home and ask my son, or both of them, I will appreciate the things you do and I will give you props, but I also will say, we can do more. We can do more. My son scored 70 points in a basketball game and I said, you should have had 75. I mean, I said, great job first. Okay, then I said, everybody's like, man, this guy's horrible. No, no. <laughs> I hate to live in his home. No, no, no. But that's just my, that's my drive. But I even more of a drive when I'm going, you know what? Have you invited somebody to church lately? Have you shared your faith lately? Have you gone out and, and just, just reached out to somebody randomly lately and said, hey, come to church? Or, hey, let me show you about my faith. Let me show you my life. I don't know. I hope you do. But boy, we should be doing more of that. I want us to be that kind of church. I read this story this week and in Asia and, and some parts of India, not all parts of, of course, but some parts of India, because of the dowries that they have there and the payment that they have to have for, for, for weddings. And I didn't understand this when I read it. I actually had to read this story multiple times because it was really throwing me off. But then these certain parts and these certain villages that they would actually take the fathers. I'm a dad uh, of boys, but I consider my, 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 my boys' girlfriends as daughters. I love them as daughters, and we didn't have one. But, but these dads would take their daughters, and they would get rid of them. They would sometimes put them out the village to be devoured by animals, or sometimes they would actually uh, put them outside the village where people would come and pick them up and sell them into sex slavery. And it's just, it broke my heart. And for some of them, and in this story I read, and this happened in 2011, in this certain village, in this certain area, in this place, that they would actually name these, these, some of these girls Nakusi. Nakusi which actually means unwanted. It broke my heart. Because I can imagine this little girl going to school and the teacher going down the row and says, Nakusi, which they know means unwanted. But this incredible thing happened where some people and this is what I mean why I want us, our church to be this in the light. Some people took 285 kids named Nukusi, and they actually had a name-changing ceremony. And they let these girls, they brought in lawyers, they brought in government people, they brought in these people, and they let these girls change their names. And these girls changed their names to beautiful, bold, proud, good, one girl named herself Prosperous. Man, it took a group of people hearing about this situation and said, I'm going to go and be that. That's what we need to be in this community. The hands and feet, the light bearers. 
Well, before I open the tables, I want to give you some instruction. Because I want us all to take the Lord's Supper today. Look, it's, it's Labor Day weekend, so we, we, can go, we can go over just a little bit, all right? Y'all sleep in tomorrow. Because we're going to go till about 9.30 tonight. No, it's good. I just thank you for being here. And I want us to reserve, uh, uh, you know, take the Lord's Supper together. And remember, Jesus spoke to the people. He said, listen, I am the light of this world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't share this with you. As we open the Lord's tables, as we open the Lord's Supper up for those, it's for believers. <clears throat> it's for those who know Jesus. Because if not, you're just taking some bread and you're taking some juice and, and it's no meaning to you. It's for those of you that know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you're, some of you are saying, but wait a minute, how, how good do I have to be to come to this table? How, how much do I have to, you know, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter that part. Because none of us in this place is good enough. None of us in this place can measure up. You understand that? Because we have what? We have Jesus. So we're all broken. We're just broken people leading broken people to a perfect Savior. But as we open the tables, we got to remember that we got to know him. So I want to ask in this moment before we open the tables up, because I don't want anybody not to have an opportunity to receive the light in their life this morning. I don't want anybody in this room to this morning to not have an opportunity to say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm living in darkness, and I need to step over into the light. I'm tired of walking in darkness. I'm tired of living in darkness. I'm tired of playing in this darkness. And I see the guy with the flashlight right now, and I know that I need him to give me my path to kill this darkness. And I know I need him. Because remember the Bible says, as you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, not here, but your heart, that Jesus Christ loved us so much he died for us on the cross. He was buried for us, and then he came back for us. I mean, he, he rose from the dead, and he will then come back for us. It's about going from here to here. But as we, before we open the tables, and I tell you a little bit more about that, I can't go any further without asking you if there's anybody in this place that needs today to say, I'm ready to follow Jesus. Today, I'm ready to make that step. Today, I know I need Christ to come into my life and step into the light. You? Well, come here. I'll pray with you. Who else? Anybody else? You say, you know what? That's me. I need Jesus right now. Anybody else? I need Jesus as my Savior this morning. And I'll pray with you in just a moment. I'll have my wife. Come here, Vicki. Come over here. Anybody else want to say, you know what? I'm going to go up. This is not how I was going to do it, but she was ready. She's like, that's me. I'm ready to go. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Anybody, maybe, maybe you're with somebody that says, hey, listen, I'm nervous. I don't want to walk down there by myself. And I'm just going to, would you walk down with me? Or maybe you're with somebody and say, hey, I'll go down with you. I'll, I'll walk down with you. Anybody else in this room right here, right now, you know that you're in that darkness, living in that darkness, and you know that you need Jesus right here, right now to rescue you and give you hope and give you a life in heaven. Anybody else say right now, would you step out of your seat boldly and walk down here just like this young lady just did? I'll give you a minute. We're just going to pray for you. 
what you think. Come on. No fear, no persecution. I'll let you think on it, but come on. Anybody else? We're just going to pray and ask the Lord to come into your life. I'm going to move on. I want to, again, I'm saying this sternly because I really want you guys to know Jesus. That's all. And if everybody says they do, hey, that's awesome. One came to know the Lord this morning. So Jeff, maybe you come down and pray with my guy right here. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on into the, 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 what the Lord's Supper represents, what it means, and I'm going to open the tables for all of us in this room. We're going to pray a little bit. We're going to give you some time here in a little bit. But again, like I said, if anybody else needs to come, I'm going to share this with you. In Isaiah 53, 5, he says, he was, uh, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. And so as we open these tables, I want to read through a little bit of what Paul gives us on what it means. It says in Corinthians, it says, The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as a remembrance of me. This is about remembering what he did for us on the cross. And in a moment, this is why I want to do it this way today. We sure, I could give you some cups. You can pop it open. You can, you can throw it back and throw it in and do whatever. But I want you to spend some time today. I want you to spend just a few moments today to really examine your hearts. Because Paul also writes this. He says, we ought to examine our hearts. Something about the lantern. You see this lantern, after it burns for a while and then the, it goes out, what happens is when you blow it out, it sits there. Has anybody ever heard the phrase, trim the wick? It's new to me, but here's what it is. When you trim the wick, this is what happens. You cut off the chard. You cut off the dross. It's called dross when it fires up and it comes up into the deal. And when you burn gold and you have gold burning, what happens is the hottest the gold gets, all that in, uh, grossness and imperfection and all rises to the top and they cut it off. They cut the dross off and becomes pure gold. And in our hearts, if we say, man, we want Jesus and we're asking for him to just move in our hearts and to come out in our hearts, what happens is, and we're in the light and the light shines in us and the fire comes in us and we examine our hearts and go, God, show me where I fail you. Show me where I make these mistakes. Show me where I mess up. He's going to show you. And the coolest part about it is we repent to be saved and we spend a lifetime of repenting of things that we've done. Amen. And he says, before we go to tables, before we receive the Lord's Supper, we have to take a moment to examine our hearts. Examine the things that we're living in and repent of those things. And guess the cool thing is it? I don't care what you've done. If you're truthful on your repentance, guess what's going to happen? He's going to forgive you. And then you can have a purified Lord's Supper. It purifies So what we're going to do is, as Scripture says, we're going to examine our hearts. 
And so the band is going to come and they're going to play. And then in just a moment, we'll, we'll bring up the lights for you so we can, we, you can see the tables. And I'm going to ask you not to rush. I know you, man, I know it's like, oh, oh I got to get out of here. I got to get somewhere I got to do. Man, if you know the Lord today, do business with him today. Work in your heart today. Talk to him today. Man, ask God today how, how you can be a better light in this world, in your job, in your school, in your place of business, whatever it may be. Just, just really ask God how you can be that light in this world. And if there's some things that you know that you're saying, I need to get right, I need to fix, I need to heal, I need to all these things, take a moment and do those things before going to the table. Or go to the table. Come to the altar. Pray. I want to encourage some of you, if you're with your husband, with your wife, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, if you're with your family, take the Lord's Supper this morning as a family. It's so powerful when you can do that. Amen? So, Father, we love you. And, God, as we take a moment in just a few minutes to just examine our hearts and come to the tables, Lord, I pray you continue to move in this room. God, I pray you continue to move in this place. I pray you continue to move in the hearts of each and every one of us. And Lord, if there's anybody in this place that still doesn't know you, I pray they can meet me down here at the altar and we can ask you to be the light in their life. And Lord, if there's people in here that just need to get things right, Lord, you do you what you do in their lives today before we take this table. Father, we thank you that that bread represents the body, your body, that was on that cross for our sins. That that juice represents your blood. And how it was shed on that cross. And we thank you that you give us a promise is that when we follow you, we have eternity in heaven. We thank you for that, Jesus. So, Father, we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you stand? Would you do business with the Lord? And the Lord's tables are now open. So you go anytime when you're ready. And the altar's open as well.